Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's time for your AEW review with me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined, as always, by Jay. How's it going, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Covered from the uh, trauma of the dynamic main event when me and you were watching it last, last week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll get on to it, but God damn, it was... Uh, it was not a fun watch live for a number of My reasons. And I wasn't in the match. Yeah, it was. Uh, oof. We'll get on to it. It was, it was a whole thing. Um, very sad. Yeah, so AEW coming to us from Long Island this week. I mean, we know, we personally know a few people from Long Island, and they're all right, aren't they? Real piece of shit. <laughs> it's right, you won't listen to this. Um, <laughs> right, so we, we start out this oh, week then. Not with Adam Colby, Dax Harwood. So this is the, the actual proper beginnings of the Owen tournament, isn't it? This is like the first round proper. We've had the qualifiers. It was the first actual like quarterfinal match, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this was just... Oh, this match fought. This it was match just old school as shit, wasn't it? It was like some WrestleMania 12 shit. We, we were saying, oh yeah, they're definitely going to be doing some kind of some kind of callback to Sean and Brett and he didn't let us down. Yeah, did not let us down at all. It was great. It was great. It was, like you say, so many refs, so many callbacks. Um, the sort of the early sort of turning point because it was fairly even at the start. Um, Cole sort of took over when he threw Dax like rib first into the turnbuckle post. Yeah, um, Cole was really, really, really leaning into the fact that obviously with Dax being a huge um, Sean, eh, Sean Michaels. Huge Bret Hart fan and Cole being heavily influenced by Shawn Michaels. Cole was leaning into that a lot. Yeah, they were really playing to their strengths here in terms of like the, the, in re- terms of their like reverence to wrestling history. It, it, it was really it was just great the way it came up, wasn't it? Like these two guys, like you say, being so Bret and Shawn influenced the two of them. Yeah, but I, I think it definitely worked. Like it it like so sometimes I think if they lean too heavily into stuff like that, it can kind of get to the point where it's like too much of a um too much of a tribute if that makes sense like mm. that it doesn't have and like any kind of like originality to it at all I mean, but but I think- in this match there were still like snap rainbusters there was rebound lager bombs there was oh, yeah. panama sunrises there was sharpshooter there was um pile drivers there was all sorts there, there was a lot of good stuff there um to be sure um, yeah and, and like, as you said before like Cole, not only was Cole leading into like a Shawn Michaels influence, he was being probably, was probably the most aggressive I think we've seen Adam Cole in an AW ring. Yeah, Dax was such a good sympathetic babyface in this match. Um, there was a lot, of, like there was the bit where he did the, um, the like getting thrown into the buckle chest first, the breath does. Yeah. That really like kind of lent itself into a lot of the finish as did them getting kind of thrown off the, off the apron into the, um, into the rail, like Again, 
like Brett used to do. And on the outside as well, yeah. He sort of at the steel steps about three or four times as well. Yeah, Cole was just a horrible bastard, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really taking it to him. Off the up the band. Well, it, it played into the finish as well because well, towards the end of the match, um, Dax put Cole in the sharpshooter, but he couldn't hold it on because of the pain of his ribs. Yeah. And so he had to drop it. And then uh, they ended up on the outside on the floor. And they, they did like a really, it was it was so mean. So they did like, I thought, I thought I honestly thought he was going to get counted out. It looked like he was going you know, like, he sold it so well with, with the 10 counts. He got in on like nine and three quarters. Yeah, and then but then as soon as he got in, Colby put him in the sharpshooter and made him tap out. Oh, that, that was it was the fact as well that like the pain on Dax's face when he realised I'm gonna have to just tap it. Yeah, it was he really um, sold like he tried he tried to move and then it was like he just had nowhere to go and it was it was almost like his whole like world crumbling around him as he tapped. It was oh, it was so upsetting. Yeah, um, the the other thing as well, which was really like really. Uh, played into it was the fact that after the match he got like a stand innovation and he's like he was like that meant the most to me I just did it. I just tried my best mm. and it was like yeah it, it, if FTR aren't like the fucking top babyface tag team in AEW right now I don't know who are well you say that it's interesting you say that because this feels like it's maybe setting up a program down the line what with FTR and FTR versus the Elite or the undisputed elite, or whatever, whatever, whatever this version of them are. I think I think FDR are gonna win the tag titles sooner rather than later, mm. and then probably, um, probably did, from from that, gonna feud with Red Dragon. Did we ever get FDR v Red Dragon in NXT? Once. Right. Well, let's have that a it, lot, please. They were, they were passing ships in the night. Yeah. So we got we got it, but it was like they were like FTR were literally about to get called up, if I believe. Right, if I, rightly. Uh, right then. After that, we move on to a little video package hyping the main event, Derby versus Jeff. Uh, and basically, they, they they announced that Tony Khan said they're going to make it. Well, they both asked for it, but Tony Khan is going to make it a no holds barred match. Yeah. No DQ match, basically. So because they both want to do mad shit, so they're like, all right, then we'll just let them do mad shit. Yeah. Why not? Let's, let's face it, we're not paying Jeff Hardy to Matt Wrestle, are we? No, 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 should we? <laughs> uh, right, moving on to the second match. We had CM Punk versus hometown hero John Silver. Uh, Adam Page comes out on commentary for this one. Yeah, um, I I love the punks. Like, put Punk in Long Island is the equivalent of Shawn Michaels in Montreal. Right, so I did a bit of digging on this. Um, so Punk got huge booze anyway because he's Punk on uh, Long Island. Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, so he came out in the the uh, New York Islanders jersey, didn't he? Yeah. And the guy name was on the back. Didn't he leave under like some kind of? Yes. Yeah, so, so the guy whose name was on the back of his jersey had just left to go to Toronto, um, and like sort of like a, a sort of big left them high and dry basically. Piece of shit. So, because as soon as he turned around, the booze just amplified. I'm like, hang on, he's got like the hometown jersey on. Why are they booing him? And then, yeah, that, that's I realized, um, found on the internet that, yeah, it was a fairly controversial figure for the club. Uh, John Silver got a huge ovation, like, any everyone from Long Island except Tony Nice got a huge pop, um, on this show, yeah. And this was a fairly weird match because John Silver got a lot in here. Well, that that's generally the way when punks in matches, um, 
like with with like uh, people who are kind of on the precipice of getting elevated. That's generally how it goes, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's it's, it's quite clear, isn't it, that whatever whatever the long term plans are for the Dark Order, that Silver is the guy. Well, yeah, I think um, I'm sure Tony Khan said when like he, the what what he pitched the Brody was for Silver to basically be like kind of like the guy who comes out of it as like the star mm. because he, it was like um, Ravens flock and ECW, so he was going to like Brody was obviously Raven, and then Silver was going to be um, like the Stevie Richards character. Who's going to be the Ron Reese? Who is? Yeah, yeah. who's the Ron Reese? Ten? Is ten Ron Reese? Is he going to be the Five. Yeti? Five? Five's going to be the Yeti. Yeah. You're going to get him get some, get some money. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, back on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a really good fun match. Um, like you say, Silver sort of controlled most of it. Not most of it, but good. I'd say he got like 60% of the match. Yeah. He had that near fall, didn't he, where I thought he genuinely beat Punk. Oh, off the brain buster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the thing with Silver. Like, he always gets a decent amount of offense in against everyone. I think it just kind of, like, is a testament to how well liked he is within WWE, FWE, within AEW. Yeah. Probably in WWE, too. But, you know. Um, so then, and then, interestingly, Punk picks up the win with a bookshot lariat. Oh, it's a bit of a shit book, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's no hangman, is he? But, you know. I mean, that's kind of, that was probably kind of the point, is that he couldn't quite do it as well as he wanted to. Um, so, yeah, Punk wins with Hangman's move. Hangman is incensed. He comes down to the to the ring. Punk be his guy with his move, as he said. And then we sort of called this, didn't we? We said, like, because of the way everything sort of went, they did just, um, just Punk two weeks ago, just Hangman last week, and now it's the two of them together now, face-to-face. I really liked Punk. In this, when he when he gets that sort of when he was saying like he's taking things kind of personally and it's just business like I like that I like that sort of dickhead punk like sort of tone of voice he puts on. Yeah, um, yeah, he he did a similar thing with Eddie, didn't he? Where he didn't turn quite heel, but he lent into it. Yeah. Um, I I like the fact that this this feud it's it's having both guys show shades of grey. Yeah, and this this is also so he said he said after that he said uh, every he used to look in the mirror and ask himself if he's a good guy and that sort of ties back to his post MJF promo. Punk. Yeah. Well, also don't forget that when Hangman um, when Hangman wrestled Jericho for the title uh, all out it was all out it was all out wasn't it. The first, the first one they did, like yeah, the the, the, the crowning of the, of the, the first the crowning. Uh, Hangman's whole thing was that he was looking in the mirror and asking if he if he belonged and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and if he was like if he was the right guy. So it's a good kind of like it, yeah, it's it's sort of inversion of that, and it's also like you say, it's a, it was a throwback to when Punk was saying that he'd start to remember who he was. Like, yeah. it's almost like it's almost like he doesn't trust himself it's like it's weird isn't it because like hangman doesn't trust himself to be a bad guy and it's showing signs like almost punk doesn't quite punk doesn't quite trust himself to be a good guy at the same time yeah but they're both trying to exist in both worlds and it's 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 so fascinating like the the, the sort of the similarities and differences between the two characters i think that 
even though Punk is definitely going to turn heel at some point, I don't think it's yet. Even if he wins, I think. Because as he said to Hangman, he said at the end of the match, he will shake his hand, whether he's conscious or not. Yeah. Um, I I think that Punk's going to turn heel after he loses the belt to MGF. It'll be like the, the despair I, of having the belt taken off him. Yeah, as, as like everyone has, like kind kind of like the um, the killing joke, the Batman comic. Uh, every like the Joker tries to convince Batman that it just takes Batman that it just takes one bad day, just one for, for someone to just snap. Yeah, and that I think that's what we'll probably get. MJF will make sure Punk just has that one bad day. And then Punk will just turn and we'll get proper Punk. Yeah. Uh, right then, next up we had a quick promo with Jimmy Hayter and Britt Baker. Um, basically talk about the Owen Hart tournament so they're both going to get to the semi-finals. Well, we'll see about that. Um, next up, Tony Nice versus Danhausen. Danhausen's music is tremendous. Um, oh, unfortunately, unfortunately they talk all over it so you can't really hear it properly. They talk all over it but then they put it on YouTube like immediately after the match. It is what was it? The um, it'll be um, it'll be getting put on Apple Music and Spotify today, I think. Oh, cool! Mikey Ruckus described it as um, tequila meets tequila meets Doctor, Doctor Who. Yeah, he used a, as you said, he used a theremin, didn't he? Yeah, it, it it's absolutely like the most Danhausen music I think he could have produced. Yeah, and it's fucking brilliant. It's the type of music you'd hear in like a haunted house in a carnival. Yeah. Um, with better production values, uh, it was it was it's incredible. Uh, also, t- also, as Mister Sinister Cape was fucking. Oh, his, his wife made that. Yeah, which is which is cool. Um, so Tony Nese gets the jobber entrance. He's just waiting in the ring. No, no big Long Island entrance for him, even though he's a local guy. We better. Uh, and then the match starts. Danhausen tries to, to curse Tony. Mark Sterling gets up and sort of distracts him. Tony batters him. Puts him down on the corner, hits a running knee, and that's it. He pins him. The running niece. The running niece. Yeah. Uh, following the match, Mark Sterling gets in and basically basically where's the effect of yeah this meme this meme wrestler guy you all like we're gonna fuck him up. So niece gives him yeah. another running knee, pulls his knee pad down, goes for another one. Hook music hits. Hook comes out, chases off niece yeah, well, and Sterling. What? So first of all, before we get into the to the Hookhausen side of things, what were your thoughts on Danhausen? Getting literally just jobbed out like that. So this it was a roller coaster of emotions, wasn't it? Because it, it was went a bit from, of, it went it went from like absolute euphoria knowing seeing Danhausen make his Zoom ring debut to yeah. sort of bemused confusion when he got jobbed in like thirty seconds to then absolute adulation when Hook came out. Well, Hook, the Hook got like a fucking stone cold level pop. <laughs> yeah, when that if, organ hit. Like, if if, like, if Danhausen had to die so Hookhausen could live, then I'm fine with that. I'm okay with it because I think that it adds to the whole it, it adds to the whole kind of when Danhausen's gonna like bust out like the teeth and the tequila and all the other stuff that he like Danhausen stuff he does. I think it's gonna be funnier because people aren't gonna like people who don't know what Danhausen's capable of aren't gonna expect it. In a way, I think it makes sense to save it. Even I know they're on the pre-show, but it still makes sense to save it for the pay-per-view because I think it's still a big deal. I I, I don't think Dan Houghton's going to do that much in that match either, though. He's gonna he's gonna it's going to be a very much a he's going to like be tagging hiding behind Hook and like getting Hook to do his fighting for him. 
he's gonna he's gonna he's I no I think he's gonna take the heat, but I think he's gonna end up cursing Smart Mark Sterling. Yeah. And then cursing Tony Nice and then tagging in Hook and Hook's just gonna kill him and then him actual and- murder. Yeah, and then Hawkhausen are going to be like win the tag titles. So, in, c- in case you're not aware what we're talking about, uh, just a, a few minutes after this all happened, so Hook comes out, uh, scares off Nice and Sterling, and then Danhausen offers his hand. And after like sort of ten seconds of consideration, Hook shakes it and walks yeah. off. And and like as soon as he shook his hand, like the fucking pop. Oh, it was the pop was huge for Hook coming out to save Danhausen. And the pop for them shaking hands was fucking even bigger. Yeah, Hookhausen is on. It's happening. Uh, and then yeah. it was announced later on that we're getting on the Double Nothing pre-show, we're getting Hookhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. Man, it's a Mike Sterling in danger. So that's going to be fucking lovely, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be great. Um, I, I like the fact as well that with Hook, they've, they've kind of um, they've kind of like eased them into matches on like the pay-per-view like that this will be the second one on a pre-show won't it yeah it was QT last time was it yeah um I, I like it because it, it but, shows but, but like, both it, of the, both of his matches have been like built-up storyline matches he's had his squash matches in between but both of his yeah. long-term programs have ended on pre-shows which has been really good it's like you say it's like a nice sort of intermediate step they're not putting him like into like a big program they're letting him they're letting him dominate like every program mm-hmm. he's in to sort of give him the, the room to breathe almost yeah and also, it's the other th- the other good thing about it being on the pre-show is because it's free. It it's free exposure for Hook essentially, isn't it? Well, you know, so you're talking about two of the throw three of these guys in this match. So you got Hook, you got Danhausen, you got Mark Sterling. These guys are massive on social media. They're massive on the internet. They're big, like, like Mark said, they're big meme guys. No, you put those guys on for free on the an hour before your pay per view. Yeah, everyone's gonna watch them. Yeah, that's it. It's a really uh, clever move to put these these because like their target audience are like the, the sort of people who might watch a bit of AW, but they won't necessarily like me and you are going to buy the pay per view regardless. But people who like Danhausen memes aren't necessarily going to be buying the pay per view like a week before it comes out. But if you if they're having a few beers and they see a Danhausen match, like it's like ah fuck it, yeah, I'll throw that twenty quid and I'll buy the pay per view. Yeah, that's it. I, I think as well. Um, I, I think as well. Like the the other thing is. Because Danhausen's so good at like social media, like that, it's it. There's a lot of intrigue to actually see him wrestle, isn't it? Yeah. Especially because like since what January he's just been showing up and cursing people on AW. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, like five months in it. Jesus. Yeah, like it, when he and even his first match, like him getting him getting beat like that, and they protect them in the sense that Sterling did. Um. Sterling did like distract. That it was it was two on one effectively, like when he, how yeah. he lost. So yeah, but it's it's very it's very exciting to see like how they're going to keep like keep this going. Yeah, I, I'm just excited for like I'm just excited for like you say the trainer montages of Hook and Danhausen sort of trying to get on the same page in the ring and stuff like that. I can't wait for it. I want I want Taz trying to fucking train Danhausen. Did Did you see the thing of it? Uh, or did you hear what JR said later in the show? But he was like, he was like, oh, you're gonna have a new friend coming to a coming to the Thanksgiving given table. <laughs> I all I want is like Hawk bringing Dan Housen around for dinner one day. 
Dan Housen just in Taz's house, just like picking shit up and Taz being like, what are you doing? Get up, don't, don't touch that. Yeah. Just Taz getting annoyed that Dan Housen's in his house. That's all I want. Right, so next up we had Wardlow MJF. This was the contract signing for Double or Nothing. Uh, first of all, Wardlow comes out to no music and a video screen that just says Boo Wardlow in like massive letters. Uh, to be fair as well, Long Island were fucking... They, they, were, they were like... They, they, they got it, didn't they? Like, yeah. the, that's the thing, Long Island, because MJF's the hometown hero, they treat him as such. I, I, love, I love the fact that MJF could literally be fucking like feuding with who's who's like the who's from who would you probably say is like the top baby face in AW right now? Right now, he could be feuding with Eddie Kingston. Yeah, and Long Island would still boo Eddie Kingston. Yeah, and hear MJF. Any, I don't know. I don't get anybody to get cheered like Moxley, Hangman, Danielson, Regal, Utah. I don't know anyone who could who could stand up to MGF in, in Long Island to be fair. Yeah. So yeah, so so anyway, so yeah. <laughs> so I, I sort of looked away from my TV for a second to, to like get a drink or something. And I came back and a dark side of the ring advert was playing. Yeah. I, I this was fucking brilliant. Except it wasn't the dark side, it was a fake one for MGF. And they even had Jer- they had Jericho announcing it because Jericho does the does the voiceover and like yeah. sort of 30 seconds in, he's like, wait, hang on. Is this is this it for MJF? I'm not doing this for him. I hate this guy. And then he's like, oh, wait, how much are you paying me? I'll go on then. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was it, it was perfect. They had everything. They had like the they had like the bad fake actors playing like Wardo and MJF and like the little reenactors yeah. of the Wardo yeah, Punk. Like like graphics and presentation, didn't they? Yeah, they had like the actors playing them in in the ring. Uh well, as they were like doing the retelling, which was phenomenal. Um yeah, it was it was so fun, uh, and then they had they had like Taz saying about how like MJF got screwed at, uh, at the paper Revolution, and then he was just he, he, after they got to the point where he was like so like stricken with grief about the situation he just couldn't talk. He had to like walk off camera. Yeah, they had Barry Horowitz like in a like legendary oh, Jewish God, wrestler. Like, so much for Barry Horowitz, <laughs> and he was like, oh. yeah, what was his words? He was like. Wardlow made MGF lose to Sean Dean, and take it from me, I know Sean's bit. Sean Dean's a jobber. <laughs> uh, it's just, it was fucking brilliant. It was, brilliant. it was so so good. They had like Jake. Jake Roberts was in there as well. Like they just got like everyone who they got like they, it was just perfect. They got all the right people doing all the right things, and it was it, yeah. it, it worked so well. I I'd be intrigued to see like. Um... How much like input Evan and David had in that because they had like the actual graphic and like yeah production style and this was so meta as well because uh, like just the week before there were like conflicting rumors on whether or not Meltzer Dark Side of the Ring was going to yeah it was rumored that it wasn't going to be coming back and then the guys who ran it said it was and then there was rumors that WWE tried to shut them down after the playwright from Hell thing so it was just it was just perfect it was it was well, WWE have got the two uh, guys who do it working on a project for them. Yeah. You haven't said what. But yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. It was it was so so good. It was That's... I mean it's it's gonna take a when we get to the year end awards, it's gonna take a, a lot of beating to top that as second of the year. Yeah, I, I I agree. I I thought this whole segment was brilliant as well. I thought the whole thing was executed. Oh yeah, there. I mean so on from that, so MGF then makes us an entrance. 
heroes welcome. Like he's slapping hands down the side of the ramp and everything. He's in the he, 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 he does the he did the CM Punk thing where he like he jumps into the, the crowd. Like, even that that was fucking brilliant because it keeps the MJF Punk thing going. Yeah, that MJF was doing the CM Punk thing, even though Punk and MJF are feud at the moment. Oh, well, that's why AW do so. Even like so, they they keep the thread going. So MJF does this with Punk. Punk does this with Kingston as well. Yeah, he does. Like, he, he? he he brings Kingston up all the time. He literally said like, "I'll wrestle anyone except Eddie Kingston." Like when there was like a those he didn't have a match of the night or something. And he says he'll he, he says he's got time for anyone except Eddie Kingston in a promo the other day, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So basically. Um, MGF lays down the conditions for the match at double or nothing. It's very Cody, this, isn't it? So what we'll, has to get how many Sean Spears? Uh, he's got to get 10 belt shots, hasn't he? So as he did that, Sean Spears did the big 10, oh, yeah. which was which was fucking yeah. beautiful. As the crowd are chanting, like the, ten, the Ty Dillinger 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 chants. And then it, 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 Sean Spears it, it, takes it, it, his jacket off like, a, like the sweaty pervert that he is and, uh, and throws it at the 10. He did also... Um... He did also like mention uh, his best friend, the roller coaster. The roller coaster, um, yeah. So, uh, I was shocked. He actually, well, I wasn't shocked that he mentioned them by name because you know it's fucking MJF. He doesn't give a shit. But also the fact that he was like he did the Cody thing where Cody did that promo. He's like, well, I want to talk about my contract as well. Yeah. And he, I mean, the guy in the back's not going to be happy about this, so I shouldn't bring it up too much. But you know, going to be the hottest free agent in twenty twenty four. Um. So for, for reference on that, just. So, potential people who could be free agents in 2024 is Sasha Banks, which right now, that's a that's a fucking potential, uh, isn't it? So, as we record this, literally 12 hours ago, we found out that Sasha Banks had walked out of Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And Naomi. And Naomi, well. yeah. Um, also, the New Day of free agents in 2024. Which, I mean, I just, I, just want, I just want Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods to play Street Fighter against each other all the time on AEW Arcade. That's all well, I want. I just want the elite first the new day once. I was saying this the other day, like, like I really want the new day to leave WWE for like even if it's like for six months, mm. just, just so Woods and like big, just so they can do that match, essentially, and do like a couple of like trios matches with people that people like really want to see the way, and then they can go, all right, we're going back now. Just go into just go into that year's AEW King of Trios tournament. Yeah, just have like a gap year from yeah. WWE. Go back to whatever. Uh, right, so yeah, so MGF lays down the conditions. So first of all, he gets to whip Wardlow ten times with his belt. Uh, then Wardlow has to have a cage match with Sean Spears. When he's announcing that Wardlow just looks at Sean Spears, and you can just see him mouth, "What are you do?" <laughs> like, 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 well, the, the, best part, the best part of that was MJF went like then when I mean, look at your record in cage matches. You're two and zero, oh, but you're always oh, yeah. yeah, which is fair enough. Um, and then, but MGF's a special guest referee for that match. And then if he does both of those, he gets the match. Um, if he wins, he gets released from his contract. However, if he loses, and this is interesting because it's not quite the stipulation that we think it might be, he will never be able to sign a contract with AEW. Yeah, so that basically means that MGF will probably fire him regardless. But you look at that stipulation, you think, oh, hang on, surely that means the order is going to win because obviously there's no way for him to get to the company. But... AEW also owns Ring of Honor, or Tony Khan also owns Ring of Honor, so there's always a way that he could sign a contract in Ring of Honor. 
and then mm. make his way back to AW that way. It, it all depends on what they want to do with him. But it, it means it's not a foregone conclusion. There's still a bit of doubt in there. You, know, you think, oh, wait, they, they might do something there, so he might still lose. They could, I mean, they could have MJF cheat to win, fire Wardlow from his contract, but then AEW can't sign him. But then Wardlow can just keep appearing like he has been. Yeah. Or, like I said, or he, could, or, he, or he could go to Ring of Honor or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's so what, best in a stipulation, I'm for sure. It is, it may, and it makes it makes the match makes the match a bit more intriguing. Um, so then Wardo tries to sign the contract, but he can't. He's got his handcuffs on, so he um, like emotions to can he have them taken off? And MGF's like, "Oh, go on, it's fine. It's Long Island. I know what I'm doing." Takes them off, signs the contract, and then as he's like goes to put them back on, he just slams security guard's head on the table, murders everybody, murders Spears. Only MGF's left. He puts him under for the power bomb, but then Mark Sterling sacrifices his body and jumps yeah. on Wardlow's back to like sort of distract that, him. Danhausen's curse was delayed. Yeah, I mean Dan that was Housen. absolutely that was the curse landing. Um and he gets a power bomb through the table. Um a courtesy of Wardlow. So yeah, fair play. Yeah. Fun segments. Very fun. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I like then Samoa Joe cut a promo which I really enjoyed. Basically said next week he's taking on the Joker, but since he got to AW all he sees his Jokers. Ooh. Who do you think the Joker's going to be? I I still think the, the most likely is Miro. Miro seems like a really good bet. Just to okay. come in and just, just do murder things with him and Jokers. Um, Sanjay and uh, Jay Lethal were saying, yeah, it's not Jay Lethal, it's not Satnam Singh, but they know who it is, but it's not either of those guys. Mm. I, I wonder... I, I, feel like, I feel like they're going to get involved somehow in it. Yeah, and I think Joe's going to lose because of fuckery. Yeah, because it seems more likely that they're going to do Joe and Lethal on the pay-per-view, doesn't it? Yeah. Or, or at, very, at very least on the pre-show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so then next up we have your boy Ricky Starks defends the FTW title against Jungle Boy. Never, never in doubt. Never in doubt. Starks I mean, did not face. I wasn't terrified. You can... Oh. You can put this into the these guys have the chemistry folder, can't you? Oh god, this match was fantastic. This was so good. It looked everything they did just looked effortless. It was it was such an easy watch. It was so entertaining. You, I, it was I, so easy on the eyes. You could go all day. I, I've been saying like since he debuted in AW, give Ricky Starks all the belts, and it's become a little bit of a meme on the podcast. But seriously, give him all the fucking belts. The man is so good. He's like literally like the fucking hidden gem of AW. He's so good. Everything he does, like you say, everything he does just looks so smooth, so effortless. It's even like his character work as well. Like he just, he he just like gets it, doesn't he? Yeah. Like he, he for me, he's a future like, AW. There was a match he had a couple of, like the other week, and he did like a leapfrog over someone, and as he jumped, he did his like little sideways pose. Yeah. Which was just oh, little details like that, man. Just it's just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit, bit of a weird, weird finish, but I think a very. Uh, uh, so uh, basically, I think Ricky's going for the belt, isn't need to hit Jungle Boy. Yeah, well, Jungle Boy keeps reversing the Rochambeau, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, before we get to the finish, there was an awesome bit where he had Ricky Starks in the um, snare trap, and Starks was literally using his fingernails to like claw to the ropes. Mm. Which was a beautiful visual. It was so good. So, what I really like about kind of where Jungle Boy's going at the moment is that so he, he nearly beat Kyle O'Reilly Kyle O'Reilly broke out the snare trap yeah 
Ricky Starks getting the rope break, Jungle Boy like looked like he was starting to doubt himself in that like when that happened. Just the snare trap when he first started using it was so protected. Yeah, and it still is. But the fact that the fact that like he's had in his last two singles matches, he's had two people get out of it. Yeah, it's, it's not a guarantee now at all, which is it's cool. Yeah, that that's like his that was always like his ace in the hole. As soon as he got that, it was pretty much all right. That's game over. Whereas now it's like. People are getting out of it. People are getting, like, a, he's not winning with it. And he, you can see he's starting to doubt himself. Even the other thing as well, they, they did that spot where um, Jungle Boy did, like, the Tornado DDT and Starks blocked it. Yeah. And then went for the Rochambeau and Jungle Boy, like, got back to that. And even then he was like, why didn't that hit the first time? Like, the, those bits throughout the match where you could see Jungle Boy was starting to get, like, starting to doubt himself. And I think that's what's going to cost Jurassic Express the tag team titles. Yeah, and it's it's almost, like you say, it's almost Christian's influence, isn't it? Like, he's just been planting that seed of doubt, which is, it's almost like he's been nagging them, and it's just been, like, mm. sort of, you know, he's just been, he's just been overcomplicating things and just, like, well, making, them over, making them overthink things and stuff like that. We need we need to talk about Christian as well after the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, like, the so the finish, yeah, as you said, um, Starks rolls up, like, Starks, you can see Starks getting more frustrated that he can't, he can't like hit the air, Rochambeau. So he goes to get the belt, and then Swerve comes down and takes the belt off. Uh, oh no, he, t- he tells the ref, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and like, get, he gets the belt off him, and then tells the ref Starks is going to use the belt. But as, as he's the- doing, as he's doing that, Jungle Boy's got a roll up in the ring, which goes for like a good while. Yeah, and then Jungle Boy get like goes out and sees the ref still like trying to get Swerve out the way. Um, and as Jungle Boy's distracted, Starks just hits him with the uh, Rochambeau. Well, he sort, of, he sort of like throws him into the ropes first, doesn't he? Like sort of stun him. Yeah. And then as he bounces back, yeah, he just hits him with a beautiful Rochambeau and picks up the win. You know what's really good about the Rochambeau, which I hadn't thought about until a couple of weeks ago? He can fucking hit it from anywhere. Yeah. For such a, for such a like awkward looking move. Like, the, the Jay Lethal one comes to mind. That that reversal was like God's here. And like yeah. literally lived around free in my head all the time. <laughs> but like, the one on Jungle Boy, yeah. He, he literally just hit it from nowhere, didn't he? Yeah. It was beautiful. So after that, Christian Luchasaurus come out. They start they start on Swerve, sort of blaming him. Uh, Starks and Hobbs are there, so they walk over. And then Keith Lee comes out to join Swerve. So you've basically got Jurassic Express, Starks and Hobbs. Do you think we're getting this triple threat match? Yes. At the pay-per-view. Yes. I know they did want the last pay-per-view, but fuck it, who cares? Let this happen, please. It's weird, because they teased FDR the other week, so maybe they'll do a four-way. That could be, yeah. FDR aren't, FDR aren't doing anything on double or nothing, and FTR, let's face it, need to be doing something double or yeah, nothing. They're so hot right now. They're fucking red hot. They- unless, unless they do FDR versus Red Dragon for the Ring of Honor title. Tag titles. They could do. I... See, I I think because we've had FDR and Jurassic Express, haven't we, feuding um, previously? So I, yeah. I wouldn't be against having a four way Starks and Starks and. Um, so that mean we get to hear Luchasaurus shout four way in a promo? Probably. Um, Starks and Hobbs and, um, and uh, Swerve and Lee can take each other out of the equation and then FTR can beat Jurassic Express. Yeah. 
and then it protects the it protects the four guys who it because at the moment you'd think if it's a three-way that means that either Starks and Hobbs or Swerve and Lee are gonna have to eat the loss. Yeah. And I think that at the moment they're in a good position where they don't they they shouldn't be losing. They, they've they've done a weird thing with these the, the teams. They've managed to build them both up through this feud. Yeah, and I think neither team should be picking up a, a loss on a pay per view like that. So the easiest way for me to protect them, Jurassic Express, it plays into the storyline. As I say, Jungle Boy is starting to doubt himself, um, and he's starting to he, he's he's starting to like question whether he's got what it takes to yeah. to be to be like a pillar of AEW. So I mean, he, him losing to FTR, there's no shame in that. No. Yeah, I mean, whatever they do for the pay per view, I'm uh, I'm gonna we're gonna ruin time because it's it's everyone in the, everyone involved in this is fantastic. So yeah, just, I mean, just, just let him go. Uh, the hoss fight between Hobbs Lee and Luchasaurus. Oh boy. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, the thing with Christian after the match as well. This was intriguing. So Christian and Luchasaurus go and check on Jungle Boy, and then Jungle Boy's like looking dejected after after like everything's kind of calmed down with the, the other teams. And Christian, like he, he hugs Christian, and Christian looks pissed. Christian looked like he wanted to slap the shit out of Jungle Boy. And someone. I think we said on Discord, like if this leads to, I mean, Swerve v. Christian is a match I never knew I wanted until like right Swerve now. Christian. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, because there's a bit where Christian comes out and he shoves Swerve out the way. Yeah. And Swerve, fucking what? <laughs> so give me that. Oh, that, that'll absolutely fuck. Uh, right then, next up, for na- over nine weeks, the Jericho Appreciation Society has been the symbol of excellence in sport to the Tims. Oh, God, I love Daddy Magic. <laughs> well, do you know what Daddy Magic loves? Do you know what makes his nipples hard? <laughs> Go on. It's being in the Jericho Appreciation Society. I, I love I love as well um, that bit cool hand on just started calling the AEW fans the AEW Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Like, they're, they're so fucking meta, aren't they? Just everything they're doing at this point is just like ridiculously meta. Just just directly at like WWE, just parodying them. Yeah, I mean, it was good fun. It's, it's super, super good fun. So they cut a promo on Kingston saying that they took him out. Um, Jericho says basically, if Eddie can't make him, his wife feel better, then she should call Jericho because he will. And yes, this, this is this is too much for John Moxley. And like, as soon as Moxley's music hit, I was like, oh shit, here we go. Like, you've oh. you've, you've you've poked the bear now. This is it. Did, <laughs> did, did, uh, Eddie actually like. Revealed who his wife is. It's wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that the wrestler and Eddie is scared of, like, it was a cool thing that the, the fact that the wrestler and Eddie is scared of what Eddie's going to do. Yeah. It makes me think that this is definitely blood and guts. Yeah. So Moxie's music hit, and I was like, oh shit, this is, this is it now. I thought Moxie was going to cut a promo on. Like Jericho, but he doesn't. He goes. He's just. He's just ready for violence. Um, Jericho is basically, yeah. What you're doing, you're by yourself. Fuck off. So then, Brian Danielson's music hits. He comes out with Uther and Regal. Uh, this uh, Jericho appreciates I've still got the numbers advantage. But then, my like my only. I love this segment. My only criticism 
is they didn't play Kingston's music because the pop would have been nuclear. Yeah, uh, we we said that didn't we when we were watching it? Like, yeah, if they played these music at this point, there, there would have been like the Austin pop. The roof would have come off the building because it was in New York and Eddie's from New York. Yeah, like it, it, it's his home state. He would have fucking yeah. They wanted the surprise and them to just turn up like which he did. But mm. like Jesus Christ, if you'd have just had him walking down the ramp, like oh my god, it would have been insane. Like remember, remember that like remember that really famous scene where like Austin comes down the ramp with a chair and just kills everybody in the um, in the invasion. Yeah. Like just that, basically. Don't, don't go. He's walking. He's talking. Oh. You've got you've got Jr. right there. You've got it's. Oh man, it would have it would have been beautiful. Anyway, they had a big massive fight. Well, I say a big massive fight. <laughs> as soon as the fight starts, Eddie just goes straight for Jericho, and I think he shoot chokes him. Probably. Eddie also had that like Jericho sounded like shit for the first like fifteen minutes of rampage. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Eddie had that like fake burn on his face, didn't he? Yeah. It's funny because it's Eddie Sports Entertainment there. And so the, uh, so if yeah, you want to know how we don't make other than the fact that they're not going to shoot Ben Eddie Kingston, even though he probably would have like wanted he, them to. He, oh, he would have done it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the other uh, fight. Back with she, he came out with like plastic face covering it. Oh, right. And he fell off to the match and he <laughs> just, he just looked, looked like Eddie Kingston. Fair. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so they have a big fight. Um, as Hager's trying to get Jericho out of the ring, William Reeve just intercepts him, gives Jericho the power of the punch. He fucking lamped Jericho, didn't he? Yeah, it was nice to see them too and have another little interaction. Next, uh, and, next and next week they're gonna have a, a face off, aren't they? Which is gonna be beautiful. Oh god, I love, I love. Well, you know, you know exactly what that's leading to, don't you? Yeah. Regal shout blood and guts like he did War Games. You know it's happening. Yeah, uh, and he's gonna hit Jericho so hard that he's gonna accidentally drink some piss tea. I, I love, I love the way. Uh, um, so I've got five balls like notes on the on the show up here. And they they've literally said Regal wallops Jericho, which <laughs> is yeah that that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, and in the words of Jr, he hit him like he owed him money. Mm. It was it was beautiful. Um, next up then, um, a little video for Thunder Rosa Serena Deeb, which is fine. Looking forward that match will be good. Looking forward to it. The match will be good. I just don't really care for the story. I mean, they they basically they they, they tell a decent story. So basically, Rosa said that Deeb was like one of the people that she traveled to watch when she was getting into wrestling. And now yeah. she it's it's the same old, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, I used to respect you. Now you're taking shortcuts. I don't respect who you become. Blah blah blah. And then Serena's like, well, if you want to, if you give me that title, if I if I beat you for, if I beat you for this title, me and you can make the best women's division in the world because we're the we're both the best. So, but I have to be the better but, than you. So, you know. but yeah, I have to be the champion because I'm the best. That's yeah. That's, it's, but you know what? You know what? Serena Deeb really needs a fucking manager. Yeah. Like some. Someone like I, t- I tell you, it'd be fucking brilliant with it, Jake. Yeah, Jake could be excellent with Serena because unlike Lance Archer, Serena really struggles on the mic. Yeah, Lance Archer don't need Jake. Lance Archer can just come out, get really angry, and just shout like just shout everyone. Everybody dies, and just that's it. Yeah. All right then. Next up, we had Tony Storm versus Jimmy Hater, and this was stiffer than a formal dress shirt. Jesus Christ. Yeah, for anyone who's um who's got a hankering to see AEW do a show and start, and this was a good fucking advert for it, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean these are both women who've wrestled all over the world. They both wrestled in stardom. They both wrestled in stardom, and boy, did they bring that to this match. Yeah, and they they 
really brought like the Japanese strong style to this match. They were beating the shit out of one another. Yeah, and it was, I, it, was yeah. it was so much fun. Fucking great match. Yeah, just really good back and forth. Like just like you say, just absolute brutality. Like really stiff, like strong style. Yeah. And Tony Storm wins with like a, a sort of Storm Zero out of nowhere, basically, which is for a pile driver. She she did it very quickly. <laughs> it it's um yeah, it's basically like a stump full of pile driver, isn't it? Yeah. Where as whereas like Storm Zero in WWE was a tiger bomb. Yeah. Um but either either way. But Tony's got some like really good like moves, like the talk like that. Like, did you see her name? If like new finishes, she debuted in WWE before she left. No, where it was like, it was kind of like Murphy's Law, like you know, Buddy's finisher. Mm. But instead of like going around the back in a Samoan drop, it was round the front into a DDT. Oh, it's okay. And it fucking horrifying. Yeah, like I remember she hit it on somebody, and I was like, I was like going to going to Troy on the NXT review like the next day. Did she bust that? Or like, was that like shoot? Her? <laughs> was, like, was that supposed to happen? But, and then she did it like the following week. Went, oh no, it's just a murder move. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It was horrifying. It was really good. I mean, there were some really nice bits in this as well. Like there was like loads of good stuff on the outside. Like Storm hit like a snap suplex to Hater on the outside that looked really nasty. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as you say, like both of them were just fucking knocking lumps out of each other. There was that. There was that bit early on as well where Hater just like charged to Tony and Neither against yeah. the pad. Which whew. Yeah, um, it was it was beautiful, real, real good, real stiff, proper, proper wrestling. I hope we get these two up in another go around soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well yeah, yeah, so Tony Storm advances, which we get again, it looks like we're, we're leading towards Tony B. Brit, isn't it? At some point. It does. Who do you think the joke is gonna be in the women's tournament? Because I've had an interesting rumor today. I mean, it's it's it'd be weird if it happened because it'd have to come, come together very quickly. But I've heard there's a lot of interest in Candice. Yeah. Um, and she's not under a no compete, is she? No, she's a free agent. Um, it's more, I think, with Candice, it'd be more whether she's ready to actually return because she gave birth in February. Yeah. So it depends, obviously, like how far along she is and kind of like getting back into like ring shape. What what, uh, what do you heard? Well, um the the cutest wrestler in the world. The cutest in the world, Makita. I mean that would also Makita, um... um she won the Tokyo uh Joshi Pro um what's it called? It's like the Grand Princess Champion. Yeah. International Princess Championship and She's set to defend that belt against Mia Yim at Prestige Wrestling in California on the day before Double or Nothing. Oh, nice. Okay. And now, they, they, they have wrestled together as well. Last time Mackie was over, her and Britt yeah. wrestled on now, the tag team. Mackie, um, when after she won the belt, she tweeted out, thank you for... Um, bear with me. I'll get the actual tweet up. Because, so she tweeted out... Um, Thank you. The next, the next day match is America. Fair, okay. That was two days ago. She tweeted that. Yeah, let's have it. I think well, we said Mackie a couple of weeks ago. We thought that was one of the possibilities, didn't we? Yeah, because we knew Mackie was gonna be 
wrestling and there's always been a lot of interest and a lot of like a lot of business between here and AW. Like Tony, Tony really likes her. Like the fans really like her. Could nice to see her come back and play against Britt in that because she was a heel. She was playing what sort of a heel? Like she was on the heel team, even though she could never really be a heel. But she was in that heel sort of role last time. Be nice to see her as a proper baby face against Britt. Yeah, should be cool. Yeah, I, I think as well if if Makia does come back, um, she's going to get a massive pop, and she like oh, regardless. God, yeah. I mean, the pop she got the first time was enormous when she came out in the. It was the pre-show, wasn't it? One of the pay-per-views. Yeah, where she was like the surprise entrance. Yeah. So you know, you know yeah. it works. And having her surprise. Because she's the fucking best. Yeah. Uh, right then, we'll move on to the main event. Uh, it was Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy, no holds barred match, Owen Hart tournament. Uh, oh, important to note as well. Um, they showed um, Owen's widow here a few times during the show. She was here. His son was there as well. They had a lot. Uh, they had people from the Owen Hart. People, away. Yeah, people from the Owen Hart Foundation were there, which was really cool to see. Martha um, and his two kids were there. Yeah, yeah which was awesome. Uh, yeah, right. So, I mean, what can you say about this match? Jesus Christ. Um, we'll, we'll just do the big. We'll just do the big spots because, goddamn, the big spots were worth talking about. Just going to put a lot of chiropractors uh, in business, isn't it? Put a, lot, put a lot of chiropractors kids through college this match. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so Derby builds basically Derby builds like a, what can be described as a chair sarcophagus on the outside of like eight chairs all like facing each other. Then Jeff turns up with like a massive ladder. He's going to so jump immediately, off immediately, like from the bell. Darby kicks Jeff off the ring and dives on him. Yeah, they, they don't, Jeff, like, they're not Jeff fucking around said, at all here, are they? Yeah, Jeff had said that was the thing that worried him the most about facing Darby was that suicide dive. Yeah, I think his problems got worse after that. I'll be honest. Yeah, that wasn't the thing he should have been most worried about. It turned out. Um, so yeah, so Darby's, Darby's on top. So Jeff goes up a massive ladder. He's going to swanton Darby onto the chair to Darby set up. But then Darby interrupts him. Ends up with Darby swantoning onto Jeff, onto the chairs. Jeff catches him a little bit. Oh, it was, it was sad. It was sad. It was really sad. Um, yeah, I, I, so Darby, like Jeff's standing, isn't he? As Darby lands yeah. on him. Darby overshot it. So he landed on Jeff's shoulder. So essentially, Jeff just launched them onto the chairs behind him. Yeah. Which um, probably what didn't Matt, hurt as much as it could have, but it. Reacted. Oh, Matt Hardy looked incredibly concerned. Oh, Matt, Matt Hardy kept going over to Sting, going, they're going to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, Darby went for a coffin drop onto the apron. Uh, Jeff moved to Darby, just etched shit on that one. Yeah. Um, and then, not, not to be outdone in the eating shit stakes. Um, Jeff puts Darby onto the side of the steel steps on the outside and goes for a swanton onto it. Darby moves and Jeff hits that. Yeah. Which, again, was upsetting. And then the the finish was, by comparison, fairly tame, but it made a lot of sense. So um, Darby hits a coffin drop on Jeff, but Jeff sort of like rolls through and pins Darby in a crucifix. Yeah. Um... Now... I th- when I first when I first saw this finish, I thought, oh, I mean, I, I matched that insane. Like that's how they're finishing it, not with like a huge spot, not with like a massive bump. But if you think about it, you're it not going be- to. Well, you're not, not going to beat Derby by like out bumping him, no, or like with a big spot because he, he he absorbs the punishment too well. You have to beat him by something tricky. So 
Like that was the perfect way to finish the match in a lot of ways because he Jeff Hardy didn't win by like throwing Darby off a stuff the stage or or off a massive ladder. He won by just using his momentum against him and catching him. Yeah. Um yeah, this this was this was such a good match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I mean, we've 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 sort of breezed through it. I like just talking about the big spots, but it was I mean the, they they went they went all out for it and it was super entertaining. It was hilariously good fun. Yeah, and that means also like the winner of this match, we were always always gonna be guaranteed the dream match, weren't we? Yeah. It was either it was either gonna be Jeff versus Cole or Darby versus Cole. Now Adam Cole gets to uh, destroy, gets I, to gets to take out another beloved tag team specialist on his road to um, to the final, preferably by a sharpshooter. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting as well that, that this match was essentially Darby and Jeff like literally fucking each other's backs up because it means going into Adam Cole, Adam Cole can just sharpshooter them. Yeah, they've got the sto- they've got the story in place that both these guys went through hell and fucked each other's backs. This was like spinal trauma. The match wasn't it. It really was. It, it, this made me do so many sads. Uh, right then, before we move on to Rampage, do you want to hit me with your highs and lows, Jay? Have you got any lows for this one? I didn't have a low. I think I think this was this this makes a, a case of being one of the all time best episodes of Dynamite. I think belt break front to back. Hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Didn't nothing overstayed its welcome. Um. There was a the crowd was great throughout the show. There was a lot of great, great moments. Um, I, I, in all honesty, I, I'm just looking through everything that happened. I'm trying to think. I, I'm. You might have to come back for me on an up because I'm trying to. No worries. I'll make it. I'll, I'll take one off the table. And if you if you want to take some, me, I'm gonna take Tony Storm the Jimmy Hater. Okay. Because it was a style of women's match we haven't really seen so far in AW, and they fucking killed it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say. Fuck it, Jungle Boy and Starks. I loved it. Yeah, it was probably the it, most. It was, it it was, was between it, that and Dax and Cole. Yeah, fair. both were fucking excellent, weren't they? So, yeah. But Sound? shout out Hardy and Darby. As I well, mean, any match, depending on how you feel, any match or indeed any segment on this card could have been the high, depending on what you were personally into. It, yeah, it was. Um, it was weirdly uh, one of those shows where. There was something for everybody there. Like, like the, the first double and off, and everyone was like, it was great because there was a little bit of everything for everybody. It was like a variety show. Yeah. It, it's one of my like kind of biggest criticisms of WWE is they all work the same style. They all have very similar matches that. Whereas on the show, you had Dax and Cole doing a throwback match, you had comedy jobby stuff with Dan House and you had um, Jungle Boy and Starks doing like technical flippy stuff. You had yeah. Stardom Japanese strong style women, a women in the women's match, and then you had the main event, which was just carnage. Yeah, and the the only thing that was missing was a tight team match. Yeah, which um at the end of the day, I'm not. I'm not we get plenty of them on AW, so it's it's fine. We can we can yeah. have, we can have a week off. It's all right. Yeah, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it because there was a lot of awesome matches on that card. Right then, we're going to go to Rampage, starting out with a slightly croaky Chris Jericho, who might have minutes before been choked half to death, Eddie Kingston, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, 
We started out with Death Triangle versus the Butcher, the Blade, and Mark Wen. I'm, I'm liking this like Butcher and Blade and somebody sort of thing that the, the Andrade officer are doing. It's just it's nice. It lets them sort of rotate people around, and it, it, it establishes the Butcher and Blade as their like main tag team, which I'm quite into. Yeah, because that stupid sexy Butcher needs to be on TV more. He does. He's he's been awesome, and so so the Blade. To be fair. So early in the match, Butcher and Blade. Blade probably like the most underrated tag team in AEW. They're, they're fantastic. And Jericho recognises this when halfway through the match, he names some sports and teams of the week for something that they've just done. Yeah. Which is, which was phenomenal. Um, yeah, this is really, really good. Uh, they they do a really good job of sort of keeping Pac like a little bit sidelined for most of the match. And then when he comes in, it's just, it's pain time and he just fucks up everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if anyone ever needed a reminder that Pac's just the fucking best, this was it. Yeah. I, I, I've seen a lot of, um, online, a lot of criticism about uh, why Pac hasn't been AEW champion yet. And I think if if he were to, like, if he were to live in the US, he probably would have been champion by now, wouldn't he? Yeah. It's just, I think it's just his, his unreliability due to his travel status. Especially because, like, when you think about it, um, like I, 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 I wouldn't. I've seen his flat. I wouldn't want to fucking leave. That <laughs> what he's got? Yeah, that, getting that close to going to the Newcastle game every fucking week. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, I mean hi- highlights for me in this match: Butcher decapitating Phoenix with a massive clothesline. Yeah, was nice. Um, Phoenix like- just Phoenix just kicking Blade square in the face was fun. Yeah. Um, Penta coming in with the hot tag and just doing a bit of a murder, which was nice. I, I like the I like the fact the finish was literally just them all like just doing a murder on Masquerade. Yeah, well, when Pack tags back in for the final time, and then he just like sort of throws Quen up and then just German suplexes him. Yeah, just dumped him on his head, and then um, and then uh, Penta and Phoenix like do the dives on Butcher the Blade, don't they? Yeah, come then back. come back and hit the Fear Factor. And then pack just black black arrows in for good measure. Yeah, just to make sure, just to make sure, which is great. Uh, after the match, the lights go out. They come back on. House of Black are in the ring. Then they go out again, and when they come back on, House of Black have disappeared. So they're just they're just trolling them now, and they're just sort of trying to get in the oh, head. That, that was so quick the way they did that though. I don't know how they managed to do, get in and out of the ring that quickly. It's they ridiculous. Uh, that must have been heavily edited, surely. <laughs> it was so but cool. It, them. The visual of it was awesome with lights up, lights on. House of Black are there, lights off immediately, and then back up when they, they, they've gone. Yeah. Uh, right, next up then, we had Sean Spears versus Bear Boulder. Not a really long match. It was basically just a squash to make Spears look good. I mean, he he hits a C4 on him, which makes him look strong as fuck, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, after the match, he hits him with a chair a few times and taunts Wardlow into the camera. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just here to make Spears seem like a bigger deal when Wardlow, before Wardlow eats him alive, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, which is um, fine. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fine. It was there. Uh, next up, Lexi knows backstage. Talk to Mark Sterling and Tony Nice. Mark Sterling's trying to get out of the match, saying he's not an active wrestler. Um, and then basically she said, "Oh no, but if you get into the ring and you touch talent, then you can be considered an active wrestler, so you've got to wrestle." So get fucked, basically. Uh, so Mark Sterling's going to get a, get cursed and then choked to death at the pay-per-view, which can be fine. Next up, Ruby Soho versus Riho. God damn, Riho cannot have a bad match, can she? She is fucking awesome. This was a banger. 
This was an absolute banger. I think Ruby Soho's fine. It took her a while, but I think she's finally found her feet now. She's bedded in. She's changed. She's using the uh, the Blade Runner. Which they're actually just calling the Blade Runner as a finisher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the no future kicks garbage. Yeah. Like, it's good if she hits it all the time, but she struggles to. It hit looked it. good once, and it was when she hit it when she did it by pulling Nyla off the top rope and hitting it, and she yeah, fell. Yeah. That looked awesome. But every other time it's looked a bit weak on it. But this, I mean, it's, it's great now. Um, yeah, Riho's great. Ruby's yeah, great. That, that crucifix bomb by Riho looked ridiculous. It was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of people complaining about Riho losing this match as well on, online. Um, I, I disagree. I think Ruby needs this more than Riho does. Yeah, Ruby's... Ruby's really kind of like at this point, it's not not I wouldn't say make or break, but I'd say it's getting close to make or break. She needs some kind of big. We like, were talking the other week, weren't we, about um when you when people need like a statement win, like something to hang the hat on. Yeah. And Ruby needs uh, one of them, like pretty not not, not not imminently, but she needs one within the next couple of before the pay-per-view or like you know, around the, she needs to have that one performance or that one match that makes everyone go, Okay, this is this is the reason she's here. Off we go. So I, if I'm right in remembering, um, the semi-final is going to be Brit versus, well, the the winner of Brit and the Joker versus Tony, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I think the best course of action then for this would be to have Ruby and Tony in the final and have Ruby turn heel on Tony. Yeah, but I'd be up for that. Give us a or support. vice versa, Tony have turn heel on, but then Tony's over as fuck. Yeah, but I think I think face Ruby is maybe not quite the way to go with with Ruby as a character. Ruby, yeah, Ruby's a tremendous baby face, but she was a very good heel in um, WWE, and I think there's, there's a good chance that um, yeah, there's a good there's a good chance um, she could like kind of revitalize herself as yeah. a heel. All right, then next up we have Billy Gunn backstage with the Ass Boys and the Acclaimed. And basically says now they're a faction, now they're a, a big group. They need a they need a, a hand gesture. And Austin puts his hand up excitedly and suggests the DX suck it. Billy doesn't like it. Then Max puts his hand yeah. up and says, Well, what about doesn't this? Billy think, like you're not allowed, you can't do that. Copyright yeah, he's like, oh no, you can't do that one. So then he's like, All right, well, how about the scissoring? And Max and uh, Anthony do that. And Billy's like, Yeah, that's perfect. And then he's like, Right, now we need now we need a, a, a slogan. And Austin again puts the hand up and he's like, Oh, what about I got two words for you? And he's like, No, 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 that'll never get over. You can't do that. That's stupid. I, I like the fact from this that like the acclaimed or like Billy star pupils. <laughs> yeah. And then Max puts his hand up again. He's like, Well, how about hey, listen? And then Billy's like, Yes, yes, that's perfect. Every time Max puts his hand up, yeah. he's got like he's got like, the, the, the top answer. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And you could see the gun club getting like disheartened by the fact that Billy wasn't using them. Yeah, and then Billy says he's used a bit of put he used his pole because he's got a fair bit of stroke, daddy. Um, and he's got them a match, but it's on elevation and they're all like made up for some reason. Yeah. Just it's just great. It's just I, I love I love it when they do a little bit of comedy like this. It was it was good fun. Speaking of comedy, this rolls into the next segment where we had Jade Cargill out with the baddies. How have they got that entrance down so quickly, man? It's fucking it's fucking brilliant. They're just, they're just great, aren't they? I love yeah. the buddies. It's fantastic. So, basically, Jay Carr goes out to find out who Red Velvet's going to face in the next round of the tournament because Sheeta can't make it, slash is injured, slash whatever. Um, I love this. So, Mark Sterling. So, you've got these, you've got these like, three, like, absolutely fierce as fuck 
super powerful, awesome black women come out and then hobbling after them like a fucking goblin is Mark Sterling. And like <laughs> the, the the sort of the, 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 the contrast is phenomenal. It's such a good visual. Uh and then Jade asks like Mark, what happened to you? And then he starts to speak, saying, actually no, I don't really care. It's fine. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> Because he's got his brace on for when he went through the through the um, through the table. She then tells Tony to cut the shit. Like Jade is just Jade yeah. is just fantastic. I, she's gotten so good on the mic. I fucking love her. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because like when she started, she seemed really uncomfortable. Yeah, but she's but now, so now her, kind of like she was rushing everything when she started, and now her like her timing is so good. It's gotten so much better. Yeah. Now- now she's kind of found her feet with the character and she's like sort of like no she like knows the character better. I think she's like really she's really having right. she's having real fun on it doing it as well, which I think shows and I think helps. I I think we're not that far off Jade Ten and Face. It's gonna be a natural thing, isn't it? You just can't she's just too popular, she's too good uh, to, to keep her as a heel, really. She's too um, charismatic. Like she's she yeah, she it if she was like if she was being more of an arsehole, she'd be a good heel. But I think it, it seems to me like they're going to kind of go down the road of Jade versus Brit mm. by the end of the year. Plus all that shit with her daughter. Like, you know, it's, it's natural babyface stuff, isn't it? it? It just works. Yeah. It's great. Um, so anyway, they announced that. So Mark, Sterling said, so Mark Sterling says Red Velvet you're going to buy because um, Cheetah can't compete. And then Tony says, oh, no, no, no. Um Chris Statlander comes out, her music hits. This is like really the first we've seen of like tweet gimmick Statlander, isn't it? Where she's not quite the alien anymore. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be exciting. Statlander versus Red Velvet. Oh, this is cool because they were both a team when they were doing the Layla Hair stuff. Um, I feel like I feel as if like Layla Hair was probably going to be in that role if she hadn't got injured. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's a uh, good. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Next week on Rampage, you're going to see that. Uh, right then, next up, it's time for the main event. Um, was there anything notable what, in the... What, what did you say? It's time for the main event. Yeah. Oh, uh, it it, it wasn't quite that time. It was time for the interview first. Um, the only, the, I suppose the only the only sort of interesting thing in the interview was Sky. There was basically... a lot of like respect within the whole thing, wasn't there? Yeah, and Sky was trying to get Paige and Lambert to sort of calm it down a bit because they were they were running their mouth the way they normally do. And Sky was like, hang on, no, this is this is different. This like, you know, I actually respect this guy. You know, this is a this is a thing. Yeah. And there was there was an obvious like real indication of like a schism between specifically Paige and Sky here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we get to the match. Sammy and Ty are sat there because why not? They've got their AAA belts on uh, on their shoulders that they won the other week. And yeah, I mean, it's just a really fun match, isn't it? It's got his guy versus Frank Kazarian. You know, you can. It's going to be. It's going to be good times. Yeah, fun match. Could watch them do this over and over again. Probably are. Probably are going to get it again at the pay per view. Yeah. Um, not a great deal to talk about, really. It was just really good, solid wrestling. Like Scorpius guy, Scorpius guy, and Frankie Kazarian. He's solid hands you can put on a really good match and when you put them together they put on a really good match I, I think the main the main thing to talk the main talking point of the match was that it looked like Sky was going to lose the title again 
Yeah, Kazarian was trying repeatedly for the chicken wing, which I don't think I've ever, despite, despite Excalibur insisting he's won so many matches with, I don't think I've ever seen him win a match with, but whatever. Dark elevation, mate. <laughs> All dark. But yeah, so Sky's trying to do it. The whole point of this is Sky was trying to do it his way, wasn't he? He wanted it, he wanted it honorable, he wanted it straight down the middle, he wanted it, you know, fair as hell. But like you said, yeah. as soon as it looked like he was he was maybe falling behind and he was looking at it like he was in a bit of trouble. Uh, Dan Lambert distracts the referee. Uh, Ethan Page comes in and whacks Kazarian with the uh, with the belt. Sky well, sort yeah, of um uh, Kazarian had actually like choked out Sky, hadn't he? Yeah, uh, but then as he hit him, he sort of fell backwards on top of him. For a pin, yeah. But Sky uh, Kazarian kicked out. But then a couple of seconds later, Sky took advantage of that to hit a TKO without knowing what had happened because he was unconscious when when Page hit him. Yeah. Um. Sky hits a TKO and picks up the win. So then, this is the only bit that sort of made me scratch my head a little bit. So after the match, um, Sky's like, because Kazarian was like, "What the fuck, man." I thought you said this was going to be a fair fight. And then Sky's like, what, what are you talking about? And then it's sort of, Kazarian basically says, Paige hit me. And then Sky turns around, like, did you do that? And then, like, they, they start looking like they're going to have a fight. And then all of a sudden. I love the fact that Ethan Page's like, you got that right, I did. Yeah. He's like, yeah, of course I fucking did. I'd do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Sky, like, sort of is furious. But then he turns around and nails Kazarian with the title belt. Yeah. Um, I, I like that bit. I didn't like the fact that then... But then, yeah, they, they, they have Sammy do the big baby face running, even though he's clearly a heel. And he got booed like shit again as soon yeah. as he come, like, come in the ring. Um, the logical thing to do here, for me, first of all, get Sammy away from the title picture. Like, he's overstayed as well from there, I think. Mm. Um, but the logical way to do that, to, to get them out, would be just do a fucking triple threat and have, have Sky pin and then Sammy's got no fucking claim on the belt. Yeah. Do it at the pay-per-view, fuck it. Do Sky, Kaz and Sammy for the belt. Yeah. I mean... I, the thing is, I don't know, like... I feel like Sky and Sammy's run its course a long time ago. And... Like, I, I didn't... I didn't necessarily think that Sky and Sammy should have had the rematch in the first place where Sammy won the belt back. Mm. Like, I felt like they kind of... They, they'd well, well, it's so weird because they, they use that match to do the Sammy heel turn, basically. Yeah. And then they used and then they used this match to sort of undo the Scorpio face turn. Unless... Yeah, it was just it was weird. Like, unless they're literally going to just distance Sammy from the whole thing... But like, then why would they have Sammy? It, none of it made sense. It's just at this point, I know Tony Khan said he didn't anticipate everyone booing Sammy, so he had to kind of trick, like, tweak what he was planning. Well, tweak it more because you still need to but, present Sammy as a heel because you're getting fucking booed everywhere. Yeah, it's the whole thing was just a bit nonsensical for me. Mm. Which is a shame because it, it sort of it sort of put a Sammy, bit it put a bit of a downer on like it was a very good episode of Rampage. They had Sammy like getting Kazarian's face. Was it either on was it on Dynamite or Rampage? It was on Rampage, wasn't it? Earlier in the yeah. night. Um so it was like, well, what are we doing here? Like I, I something tells me they're gonna do some kind of multi-man match. 
And as much as I hate to say it, because I think Scorpio like should have a longer reign than he's going to have. I, I think the easiest way to do it is put somebody who's just not even involved in the title picture in said match and win it. Yeah. And that just takes the title away from this whole fucking program. And then you can okay. just... Just put Miro in and let him destroy everyone and tits over. That that's the most logical thing, isn't it? Yeah, because that's that that was the best that it's been. Yeah, Miro. Yeah, Miro's reign was probably the best for me as well. Brody's was good. Brody's was good where he was just like calling people on, like I'm gonna fucking annihilate you, and they did. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, you know, actually, it'd be a fucking great TNT ta- uh, champion, and I don't know why they haven't like thought of doing it yet. Eddie Kingston. Well, I thought he was going to take it off Miro. Yeah, I remember. I remember us talking about that, and Eddie was probably the right guy to. I and look, I mean, look, looking at what's happened since he took it off Miro with Sammy, it probably would have made more sense to give it to Eddie. But Sammy wasn't the right guy to do it anyway. I, I, can, I can understand why they wanted to because. He's a young guy, and you know he can elevate the belt, and the belt can elevate him in theory. But it just didn't work. Yeah. But even when, even when, like they put the belt on Sammy, it was just a random ass moment. But the, the, I think this is the thing as well. Like we're talking about this feud, like going on long. This has literally been going on. Was it full gear? I think so. Yeah. No, wasn't it fucking loud, was it? Was it all out? Because yeah, the, 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 the Sammy Cody angle no, sort of no, bled into the Sammy full, Scorpio angle, didn't it? It was full gear because Revolution was when we had Eddie versus Jericho, wasn't it? Yeah. Full gear was when we had that fucking the American top team versus the Inner Circle match. Yes. And this kind of like bled out, like bled into that where they just. American top team just kept focused on Sammy as opposed to the inner circle. Yeah. So realistically, this has been going on for the better part of eight months. Yeah, which is just too long. And I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind a twelve-month storyline when it's Hangman Omega, but this ain't no Hangman Omega. Yeah. Well, and Sammy and Scorpio have good matches, but at the same time, it's all the other shit that surrounds the matches that gets us to the matches that I don't like. Yeah. Um, right. Um, okay, then. On that note, do you want to hit me with any ups and downs, yeah, or highs and lows, as we call them? So the Sam Miller doesn't see us. Um, my my high was probably probably Ruby versus Rio. Um, yeah, Ruby versus Rio. I enjoyed that. Sound. Um, this wasn't this wasn't the best episode of Rampage, was it? Like it wasn't bad. It was, but it, it was fine. It, it didn't hold a candle yeah. to dynamite. Yeah. Um. My, my low was just the whole continuing the Sammy and Scorpio. What What are we doing here, guys? Fair. I'll take that as my low like, as well. And I'm just, I'm just fed. I'll have the opener for my high because it was just real good fun. Murder Pack is yeah. always a pleasure, isn't it? So I do like a bit of Death Triangle. Right, we'll move on to a few brief questions before we close it out. Uh, yes. So, Sarah asks, uh, when the MJF slash Wardlow storyline is over, what's going to happen to Spears? Um, I think he's just going to be MJF's pervert lackey forever, basically, now because it works too well. Yeah, pervert is just going to be, yeah. 
he's like a good kind of like like the first boss of a level, yeah. isn't he? He's a really good mini boss that you have to like get to. So like MGF, if he's MGF's gatekeeper, then that's perfect. That's just perfect role. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Um, I'd, I'd be intrigued to intrigued to see like how this plays out. How strong they're going to book him against Wardlow. Yeah, how much? How much of it's going to be Sean uh, MGF protective, and how much is he actually going to get in? Uh, Sarah also asks, after the past week, any new thoughts on who the joke might be tonight? Well, not tonight, say it's actually tomorrow night, but you know, we'll let her off. Um, well, we talked about it briefly, didn't we? Um, I mean, yeah, Miro... I've been giving it a bit of thought since since you've reminded me about the Jay Lethal promo where they know who it is. I feel like it could be somebody like someone who's got a history with Ring of Honor. But not Cesaro. I don't. I, I what really want. What if it's just like Brian Cage? Not bad shows, is it? It's only come back into Ring of Honor on a big tear. Um, I don't feel like because there's, there's, there was that sort of rumor. Killer wasn't about Cesaro the other week. Mm. So that sort of put the kibosh on that. Well, I, I don't think God God. I was the type of guy you bring in against Joe. Yeah, you say rumor killer. I mean. It, it's only a rumor killer because he's he's priced himself out of the Indies. He's not priced himself out of fucking Tony Oli type happy Patriotic. No, but they said that, that he'd not had any offers or he'd not he not signed anything or nothing had been agreed or anything like that. That's what he wants us to think. Yeah, I mean it could all be a ruse, couldn't it? But I don't know if you could bring in Cesaro as a heel. Like I think he'd, the pop would be too big. Yeah, but he wouldn't necessarily be a heel, would he? He'd only be a heel if he's aligned with Jay and. Um, True. Yeah, you know, he's only a heel if he's aligned with like lethal uh, singing stuff. I've still uh, if you, if if you okay. gave if you if you gave me house money to play with, I would put that money on Miro personally. Yeah, Miro's kind of a good like sort of like mercenary level character, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, what if what if Tony's just reached into our dream, my dream factory, and got got me Jeff Cobb or Jonah or Jonah. Oh, that's a good point. Jonas fucking just left the impact. Yeah, it's just left the impact, hasn't he? Yeah. John would be good. What if it's Dudley Morrissey again? Could be fucking anyone. That's that's why it's exciting. I mean, even if it is, I still think there's a good chance that it'll be someone who's already in AW. I don't think we're looking at a big debut here. I I think we're going to get a debut and a return. So if we think the two. Well, there aren't yeah, any, there aren't any women to really return, are there? So I think the debut has to be on the women's side if that's if that's your formula. Well, we've just said Maki it's returning, haven't we? True. Yeah, but more, yeah. She's not. There's a lot. There's a lot more exciting free agents in the women's division than there is in the men's at the moment. Yeah. And I think AW really don't really they don't really need anyone in the uh, in, in like the. Um, men's division do they at the moment no. they've got enough people there that you can work with uh, right um, then we'll move on uh, Faye asks how do you see the Bullet Club slash Elite story playing out and what would you do about Kenny's return well we already, we already know uh, don't we, that, that the only thing holding back the trio's belts is Kenny being out so his return is going to feature trio's wrestling in some capacity that's that's what we know like for a fact I feel, I feel like Kenny's return must be imminent then if they're going to if they're talking about it now, 
Well, Sarah said um, on this week's PTA, she spotted um, the Young Bucks dressing room, said Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Yeah, but Kenny's still been like working backstage, hasn't he? But, yeah, but uh, he's like, been he's been backstage though after show. I mean, he's been working on the video game a lot, but yeah, I mean, he's actually in the locker room now, which is interesting. Maybe um, I think there's gonna I think the Hardy Boys match with the Young Bucks is gonna start them on a slow phase turn. I I think it's probably so. The way I think it's gonna happen is that. If they, I don't know, it's it's, hard, it's really hard, isn't it? Because if they're doing like, um, oh, sorry. By the way, Faisal, the question is, um, when do you think the Young Bucks face turn is going to happen? So I think you can tie these two questions together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like at Forbidden Door they're going to do the undisputed elite in a multi-man match. Yeah, probably against the Bullet Club. That, that seems like the most logical thing. They've, they've, they've teased a lot of tension with like Jay White and Adam Cole, haven't they? Like they've, they've got I mean, like an uneasy like working friendship. What if Jay White's the Joker? That's not a bad shelter. That's really not a bad shelter. To go against Adam Cole in the final. Oh, that that plays in nicely, doesn't it? So that. Yeah. I think I think you've just fucking solved it there. Because <laughs> um, yeah, because then they can do Jay White and Cole Handy. Um, that being said, I still think we're, I, I still think the logical match to do uh, uh, for Bindle would be Hangman versus Jay White. Yeah, um, if Hangman wins at Dublin, I think if he loses, sorry, if he wins, he's gonna have to fight a Carter. Punk, punk's fighting card. Come on, <laughs> it, it, to be honest, we're, we're assuming there's going to be a champion versus champion match. There's nothing to, there's nothing just, to stop doing like, yeah, but I just think champion versus champion, you, you, you just can't leave that one on the table. I think you've got to do that match, champion versus champion, yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, I, I I think the way they're probably going to do it is that Cole's going to turn on the books, Kenny's going to make the save, and then they're going to do this, the trio tournament. Like, can like realistically, can you bring back Omega as a heel? I think he has to come back to face. Well, remember when they had Don Callis come out to Kenny's music? And yeah, that top Kenny got everyone's losing the shit. Like, oh my god, Kenny's back, and then it's fucking that piece of shit, Don Callis. Um, I think. Given given how much has come out about Kenny being like Kenny working here as well, he's got to come back as a baby face because yeah, everyone's going to be ha- just happy to see Kenny Omega, aren't they? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think uh, the way you the way you called it, like because the, the, the you're going to see like I know they've done it round and round and round, but you're going to see like a, a, a tear in the undisputed elite, and it's going to be the Red Dragon pulling Cole one way towards being more of a heel. The Bucks maybe want to go more face. Cole sort of stick in the middle, ends up going with uh, Red Dragon, and then yeah, that puts the Bucks on a face trajectory with Kenny. Yeah, I think I think it's just kind of like the whole hostile takeover of the elite that Cole's had. Like, the logical thing is for Kenny to come back and have to f- finally do the program with Cole, which he's been like mentally yeah. done for fun. I, I think during the Hardys Bucks match, you'll see an attempted interference by Red Dragon, and the Bucks will 
tell them to fuck off, basically. Mm. So I think the books will want to do that. Just even as heels, I think in story, and I know they want to do that properly because that's the legacy match, isn't it? Yeah, I still don't know if they're going to do that double or nothing, or if they're just going to save it for the dynamite and Cali the next. Yeah, week. I, th- I think it makes more sense to do it in Cali. Yeah. Although that would that would be a good. To be fair, the way they could do it is they could have um, the books versus the Hardys on the pay per view. Red Dragon Sheath, so the books win. And then do the books versus the Hardys rematch. You bring it back on, without without interference. On, on dynamite with yeah, with him. Mm. Um, that's one way to do it. Although the other thing, uh, did you see the Jeff Hardy was teasing that he wants to do is a ladder match with the, the books and FTR. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so if they want they could the, the other thing they could do is do a triple threat ladder match. Books, FTR, Hardys for the ROH tag team titles on the California show and then do Hardys versus Books at double or nothing. Yeah. Sound. I think well, on that note then. I, I, I think, think oh, last one. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I think Kenny's probably going to be back by either return at Forbidden Door or be back for Forbidden Door. Even if he's not in ring shape, he'll be back in some capacity. Yeah, because realistically, I so he, think... could, he could come out, couldn't he? Because I've had Danhausen out with a broken leg for like the last three months. So, yeah, they, they could they could feasibly have Kenny come out, not be clear, but come out and like then build towards the match with Cole at All Out, which I think is what the All Out's the biggest show, isn't it? Yeah. So they want they want All Out, but they want Kenny back for like their their equivalent of WrestleMania. Yeah, it's All Out. So, absolutely. Sound right on that note, then we'll leave it there. Um, we'll be back for you next week when we'll know all about who the, j- the two jokers are and we'll be able to talk all about it. So, join us for that. Uh, as always, everyone stay safe. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Love that, Danhausen. Love that, Danhausen. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housing. <laughs>